It is a beautiful day that God has given us today. And it's a good thing to be in the house of the Lord. I'm excited. We got a new year coming. I've seen a few of those already. I'm looking forward to each and every, every one that's coming. And that's forever. As I read, it's forever and ever. If you got God's Spirit living inside of you, it is forever and ever. Well, Luke, this is, this is good. We've been going through Luke there. And, and as we've gone through, we've seen that according to the Gospel of Luke, that Joseph and Mary had done everything according to the law of Moses and as directed by the angels. You know, if you read, if you read just, just Luke's account here, uh, they dotted every I and crossed every T. They did everything according to the law. So now you have them, uh, 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 such as uh, you have them going to, let me get this together here. Verse, verse 41 says, Every year his parents went to Jerusalem for the feast of the Passover. So this is just the next step of their obeying God's word. I mean, it's something they've been doing all along, but uh, this year is a little different. But they're uh, doing things according to God's word. Because in Deuteronomy 16, 16, God told the Israelites to attend three festivals each year. Three times a year, all your men must appear before the Lord your God at the place he will choose at the Festival of Unleavened Bread, the Festival of Weeks, and the Festival of Tabernacles. This is the first one. The festival year begins in uh, the, the month of Nisan, the 14th day of the first month of the Jewish calendar, which is Nisan. Exodus 12 says, Tell the whole community of Israel that on the 10th day of this month, each man is to take a lamb for his family, one for each household. The animals you choose must be your old males without defect. They must be perfect. Take care of them until the 14th day of the month when all the members of the community of Israel must slaughter, slaughter them at twilight. The second feast begins the day after. On the 15th day of Nisan, the Lord's festival of unleavened bread begins. And for seven days, you must eat bread made without yeast. The third feast, called first fruits, begins on the Sunday following unleavened bread. God says, speak to the Israelites and say to them, when you enter the land I'm giving to you and you reap its harvest, bring to the priest a sheaf of the first grain you harvest. He is to wave the sheep before the Lord so it will be accepted on your behalf. The priest is to, to wave it on the day after the Sabbath. Since the Feast of Unleavened Bread was seven days long, one of these days would be a Sunday. And the Sunday would be the first fruits each year. We now call that Easter. So, the, so the, here we have Jesus' parents, Joseph and Mary, going up to, the, to Jerusalem for the feast of the Passover. Verse 42, it says, When he was 12 years old, they went up to the feast according to custom. Custom, yes. Law, yes. They were obeying. Verse 43, it says, After the, after the feast was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. Now, Jerusalem from, from Nazareth is about 80 miles. So it would be like uh, walking to Clarksburg. So, and they did this uh, at least three times a year. This time they, they, they walk up here 80 miles. But now this time, Jesus has stayed behind. At 12 years old, according to traditions of the day, at five years old, one is fit for the scripture. At 10 years old, the Mishnah, or the oral commentary as it is known, 
at 13 years old for the fulfilling of the commandments. That means he becomes accountable, uh, one becomes accountable to the 613 commandments. And it is at that point that, uh, that a boy could participate in his first Passover. So here we have Jesus at the first Passover that he is allowed under the law, basically under the law, to, to participate. So I'm sure they had a wonderful time. They went up there and he got to participate. And uh, today, that uh, festival or that that is known as a bar mitzvah, bar mitzvah uh, first known back in the 13th uh, century. But at that point in time, according to the Mishnah, Jesus would have been allowed to participate in, in the festival. Now you have, in verse 43, it says that Jesus stayed behind. Now Jesus did not do this out of carelessness or disrespect. Jesus had no sin nature. It's, you know, I, we, t- we, talk, we think about the children and, and our children uh, as they were growing up and they would do some uh, pretty nasty little things occasionally. They'd run around and do some things and, and say some things that weren't really uh, appropriate, perhaps. Uh, maybe they heard somebody else say or repeat. But Jesus, without a sin nature, would never have done that. Would Jesus have sw- uh, uh, thrown his bottle out of the crib uh, like our Theodore did? I don't know, you know, uh, is that sin? I don't know. But Jesus had no sin nature, so he did not plot this to stay behind. He did not stay behind to cause any ang- anyone any anguish, and he did not do it out of carelessness or disrespect. Disobedience, disrespect, evil plotting for self-fulfillment didn't happen with Jesus. Nothing just happens. So he had something in mind when this occurred. Something was ordained with lessons for us all to learn then and now. So they, Jesus stayed behind home, and they were unaware of it. Verse 44 says, Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. So they, from here to Clarksburg, they went to Ellenboro. They got almost to Ellenboro. It's a day's travel. It was very dangerous to travel at night, so this caravan would have been traveling during the day. When they went up from Nazareth, they would have gone up with many, many friends and family, and, and stayed together because it was dangerous to travel on the roads those days. You know, one or two together, dangerous. So they would have gone, of course, as ordained. They were there under the law, so friends and family were going with them on the way up. On their way back, it would have been quite a, a, a little larger crowd because everybody was leaving at once. On the way up, everybody may be taking a little bit of time. because. Uh, but on the way back, they would have had a, a larger gathering. So thinking he was with their, in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they, be, be, they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. They may have been a little distracted at the time, too, because as we know from the scriptures, that Jesus had other brothers and sisters after the virgin birth. So Joseph and Mary had some children. We know one that was uh, James was, was murdered and, uh, by being thrown off the, the, uh, the, the temple wall. But uh, So Mary and Joseph may have been a little preoccupied with some younger folks. Uh, that was going on. Also, it was a joyous occasion. They were going up for the festival. It was a great festival. They, they, everybody fellowshiped there. They were leaving uh, and traveling together. So Jesus, at 12 years old, would not have been somebody that would have been under their thumb, somebody they would have been taking, taking, keeping an eye on all the time. Uh, when they did not find him, they would, went back to Jerusalem to look for him. Well, Jesus is missing. So on verse 45, it's back to Jerusalem. So it's day one, they've gone. Now that they've found out he's not long, they would have stayed overnight and traveled in the morning. Where is Jesus? Did Mary assume something bad had happened to Jesus? 
sick or hurt in some way, kidnapped, murdered. It wasn't his nature to have just disappeared. So Mary would have been very confused and very upset. After three days, they found him in the temple courts. Three, t- three days is uh, found, that, the term three days is found 65 times in the Bible. Uh, it's very interesting that, uh, let's see what's going on here with this three days. The first day he was missing, so people were terrified. Mary was terrified. She said, what has happened? And the second day, they were searching for him. They go back, double back on the road, looking for him along the way. On the third day, they find him in the father's house. So we, they find him there, and when they see him, he's sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Now, I, I don't think, you know, they didn't spend a lot of time searching around Jerusalem. They didn't look in the playgrounds or the pool or, or places like that. They would have backtracked their steps and looked where they assumed he might be, and they find him in the temple. But this is interesting because we find Jesus sitting here with the teachers in his midst. Number one, he, had, he, was sitting, he, was, he sought out the teachers and was sitting there with them. Number two, he listened to the teachers. He was listening to the teachers and what they had to say. Number three, he asked questions. Why would you think, and we've heard this from other people who suggested that, uh, that Jesus wasn't God, and they would say, well, if Jesus was God, then why was he asking them questions? Why didn't he have all the answers, even at 12 or 13? Wasn't, it supposed, wasn't he supposed to be God? Well, we read in Philippians, Paul writes, he says, uh, in, in 2, 6 through 7, he says, Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a certain servant being made in human likeness. So he's sitting there, he's learning. He's like, just like he, when, he, when he started uh, in uh, uh, being taught at five years old by his father and by uh, a rabbi at, at Nazareth, and then at 10 years old, he moved on, and most of that was memorization at 10 years old. And at 13, here he is, he's, he's, he's becoming accountable to the commandments. So he's already memorized quite a lot of what we know as the Old Testament. And so he's very familiar with it, but it appears here that he's a little more familiar than some of the others because he's got a hunger. He's, got, he's driven uh, to, to know his father, what's going on, and what, because he's reading the scriptures and he's seeing the, the, um, the prophecies of the Messiah that's coming up. And he's been informed by the Holy Spirit. He's that one. Of course, he knows he's that one. As he reads, he understands what's going to happen, how it's going to come about, and, he, and he's getting, getting, uh, gathering that information. So here he is, he's asking, he's sitting there, he's, he's listening, he's asking questions, he gave, he's giving answers. They were amazed at his answers. You can see some of them sitting around, you know, the teachers at the time sitting around saying, well, this, this boy, uh, he knows a lot, and he's memorized a lot, he can say a lot, he can have a conversation with us. This is, this is uh, uh, really nice. You can see a pat on the head maybe occasionally. Twenty years later, some of these same teachers wouldn't be so impressed. Twenty years later, some of those teachers sitting there that day would seek to kill him. A Twelve-year-old boy is no threat, not at that point in time. So... Everyone who heard him and was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. <laughs> it's our boy here. Why would they have been astonished? They'd gone through so many things up to this point. 
And, 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 they, and they know the scriptures as well. Astonished at what? Because he's sitting here? Astonished at his answers? I think they're astonished at the whole scenario. He's sitting here with the teachers of the law, and, and, he, and, he's, and he's having conversation with them, and everybody, everybody is amazed at his understanding. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. In pain, they've been searching, anxiously looking for Jesus. She has been. Jesus says in verse 49, Why were you searching for me? Why were you searching for me? Didn't you know that? I, that, that didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? It can be also uh, translated as up in my father's, doing my father's business. So you know, why didn't they know this? You should have known I would be at the house of my father. Why did they not know? After all they had been seen and heard in 12 years, angels, the miraculous conception, a virgin birth. Mary should have known something was different. Shepherds coming to them, wise men, more angels. Got to go to Egypt, back to Nazareth. All these things. Why were you searching for me? Why were you anxious? Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? doing my father's business. Verse 50 says, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. Why didn't they understand? Jesus had chosen this time of his life at the brink of manhood to tell his parents that he knows who his real father is and what it will mean to his mission. It will require a devotion to God's purposes so great that it takes precedence over the closest of family ties. Simeon said in in Luke 2.35, a sword will pierce your soul also, Mary. Jesus must follow his calling, even if it brings pain and misunderstanding. Matthew 10, 35, 36, it says, For I have come to turn a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household, even if it causes pain and misunderstanding. Verse 50, they did not understand. Yet everything was foretold. They knew these scriptures. Joseph knew these scriptures. Jesus knew these scriptures. Why didn't they understand? Proverbs 5, 13, 14 says, Blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding, for she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. A lot of people, a lot of us then, a lot of us now, we read the scriptures and we just don't understand a lot of things that are going on. We read and, we, and sometimes we we introduce our own understanding to things that are going on. But they should have known. We should have known. The third, they did not... uh, This three-day vigil was a foreshadow of the things that were coming. Just as the first three uh, uh, festivals in the month of Nisan, Passover, Unleavened Bread, and First Fruits, were to be fulfilled by Jesus later, these three days here were a foreshadow as well of what was to come. Twenty years later, Jesus is speaking to his disciples in Luke 18.31. He says, We are going up to Jerusalem, and everything that is written by the prophets about the Son of Man will be fulfilled. He will be delivered over to the Gentiles. They will mock him, insult him, and spit on him. They will flog him and kill them, and on the third day he will rise again. The disciples did not understand any of this. Its meaning was hidden from them, and they did not know what he was talking about. Twenty years later, he's still experiencing the same thing from those around him. Mary didn't understand. Joseph didn't understand. Twenty years later, the disciples, whom he's been with for a couple of years now, who are desperately trying to be like Jesus, but they still don't understand. 
Proverbs 13, 3.13. Blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding. John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The question is, do we understand today who Jesus is? You don't have to drive very far from this spot to find a cult. There's one in Southside we know of. It's probably got 100 people there this morning. There's one I discovered in uh, a grouping that I discovered uh, in Wendy's a couple of weeks ago in Belpre. I was sitting in there. Uh, I sat down with my food, and there's a guy, fellow sitting there with the Jesus hat on, and he looks really happy was, like, with, I assume, his wife. And so I start having a conversation with him, and, uh, and we talk. And then as, as he gets ready to go, I say, well, where do you fellowship at? And he says, um, well, we meet, you know, we're just over here. He, he mentioned the road. He's real close to where we live, close to in Little Hawking. And he said, we meet twice a week. And uh, uh, he gave me a card. So I'm thinking, well, this kind of looks familiar. So when I got home, I looked it up on the Internet. And, and uh, it's a cult. It's, it's a cult started by a fellow back in Ohio back in the late 40s. This, the grouping's still there. They're, they're doing okay, I guess. They know these scriptures. They reuse these scriptures, but they don't have understanding. Somewhere they miss the boat. They do not believe that Jesus was the Son of God. Across, in, across the, the river here, the Canal River, on south side, there's a grouping over there. Like I said, about 100 pe- folks this morning, they used part of this Bible, but they left out some very important parts. They do not believe that Jesus was the Son of God. They do not believe that Jesus is the way to the Father. Do we understand in this day that God has given us? I pray that we all do. And I pray that when we do get this understanding, that we don't stop there, that we Go out and be a light and tell others who are desperately seeking this truth.